0: Hello, church family. Happy New Year. Or if you're watching this on New Year's Eve, Happy New Year's Eve. We are so glad that you are joining us for this special message from Pastor Alan um, heading us into the New Year for Christ community. Guys, we have lots of things that are going on here at our church, so be sure to head over to our website check out the events page. You can also go onto our app, check that out, um, just so you see what's coming around in January. Alan's going to be mentioning some events that you can be a part of um, as we lead into this new year. Um, So enjoy the message. Hey, Christ community, happy new year to all of you, whether you're watching in your living room or on an elliptical or wherever. I'm so glad you've taken the time to gather in this space. I have really been looking forward to sharing with you some of the things that God has been laying on my heart for us as we enter into this new year. <clears throat> you know, one of the things I love about this particular holiday is that it provides this unique and strategic opportunity for a strategic pause in our lives. The other day I was trying to watch a K-State basketball game on ESPN Plus. So I opened up my app on my television. I sat there and I watched this little circle go around and around for a while. And then this message shows up on the screen, unable to connect check your connection. I was not happy, you know, I knew the game had already started, I had my chips and salsa and sweet tea, I was ready to relax and enjoy this game, but instead I'm looking at the screen telling me I need to check my connection. Now I had a couple of options at that moment. I could have just sat there and screamed at the television for two hours for not showing me the game, or I could have actually stopped to check my connection, which is what I chose to do. I went into my settings, re-chose our Wi-Fi network, and then typed in the password. And within a, within a few moments, I saw lots of purple and basketball, and, and everything was right with the world. But My ability to experience that basketball game was completely dependent upon my willingness to stop and check my connection. See, at the start of this new year, I believe there are amazing things that are stirring in all of our hearts, these longings, these desires we have for this coming year, especially as it relates to our relationship with Jesus. We long for a deeper connection in our relationship with him. But sometimes... We feel like we're staring at a TV screen with a circle just kind of going round and around, and we're not really moving towards this deeper relational connection that we long for. So this time of year provides this opportunity for us to check our connection with Jesus. Now, this is where the Wi-Fi analogy breaks down. As Jesus has shown us throughout the book of John, we, we, we are invited to cultivate an intimate and fruitful relationship with them, not not flip a switch, but sometimes there are things that hinder our relationship that get in the way of that. It's not that we lose our connection, but our awareness, our experience with that connection gets dulled. So today, I want us to utilize this strategic moment in time at the start of a new year to pause and to evaluate how our, how our relationship with Jesus is doing and how we can move toward a deeper relational connection to him. And I want us to do that by looking at this really foundational passage, a parable Jesus told in Mark chapter 4. It speaks specifically to this very question. It's about a farmer who is sowing seeds. So he's taking handfuls of seeds, of seed, and he's throwing it out on the ground. And Jesus says that some of this seed lands on a path, and which is you know, a place where people have been walking, and so this, this, this ground is tamped down. And so the seed is really unable to penetrate the soil. It just sits on top, and birds come along and just eat it up. Some of the other seed falls on soil where there's, there's soil there, but there's also a lot of rocks. And so the seed initially takes root, and it grows some plants. But when the sun comes out for a long period of time, the plants end up withering. And then Jesus says, third soil, he says some of the farmer's seed lands in ground where there's, there's plenty of soil, good soil, but there's also lots of thorns and weeds. And so the plants, they begin to grow, but as they grow, the thorns and the weeds grow alongside of them, and they begin to choke out the plants so they don't bear fruit. And finally, Jesus says, the remaining seed fell on this fertile soil. And the plants took off and ended up multiplying, bearing 30, 60, 100-fold fruit. See, that's what we want, right? That's the kind of connection we long for with Jesus. We we want the seed of his teaching and his word to have that kind of impact in our lives this coming year. And, And here's the amazing thing about this parable. Jesus says that this is within reach of all of us. Notice in this story, the differentiating issue is not the seed. We all have the seed of Jesus' word. The difference is the soil in which we place that seed. And you and I can determine the kind of soil that that seed lands in. Our lives and our choices can significantly impact this relational connection that we experience with Jesus throughout this coming year. So, so I want us to look at Jesus' explanation of each soil in this parable. And as we do that, I want us each to reflect on our relationship with him in light of that and how he might be inviting us to respond to him. So let's look at the first soil, which is the seed that falls on the path. In verse 14 Jesus gives us his explanation of this soil. He says this, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Okay. So in this analogy, the seed that's sown lands this particular seed lands on a hardened path. So it never takes root. It just sits on top of the ground. And in that place Jesus says, Satan comes along and he takes it away. He doesn't have to do much, he doesn't have to dig, it's an easy pick, the seed is just sitting there, not able to take root. So the question is, where might this be happening in our lives, keeping us from the thriving life that we long for? It, it, It will be happening in any part of our heart that has become hardened. See, hard hearts create a spiritual environment that doesn't allow Jesus' seed to permeate. Now, sometimes we're not even aware this is happening, but it can be spiritually devastating. So what causes our hearts to become hardened? Well, sometimes our hearts harden over time because of doubts that we're wrestling with. Doubts about God, doubts about the Bible or about church or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with having doubts, but sometimes our doubts turn into cynicism we find ourselves focusing on hypocritical Christians or those weird Christians over there or this difficult to understand passage of the Bible. And our hearts begin to close toward our relationship with Jesus, even though technically he's not the issue. These other people or these other things are. Another thing that sometimes causes us to harden our heart is hurt disappointment. Why didn't God heal my friend? Why did my marriage fail? Why did my boyfriend break up with me? Why did I injure my shoulder and miss a whole season of playing the sport that I love? See, these places of pain are real, and they often cause us to wonder, is God really good? If so, why isn't he doing anything about this? So, in both of these places of doubt or disappointment, we have a very important choice that determines the kind of soil this seed will fall into. One choice is to turn away from God, to close our heart to him, relationally speaking. We start to believe the lies the enemy's whispering to our hearts that God isn't good or that he isn't loving or whatever, and we distance ourselves from him. He he hasn't moved, but we've closed our hearts to him. It's like that seed is just sitting on top of the ground, just kind of waiting for Satan to pluck it up. But that's not the only option. That would be the option of just turning away from God. The other option is to respond to our doubts and our disappointments by running to God with these things. So we can bring to Jesus our hurt, our doubts, our disappointment, and we can tell him honestly how we feel. We we just kinda let it out. I remember reading a book by uh, Pastor Greg Boyd in which he shared about a time in his life when he was a relatively new believer in Jesus. And he was so frustrated with his inability to live the Christian life. His struggle with sexual lust was a continual battle that he just couldn't win. And so he felt like this whole Christianity thing was a setup for failure. God sets the rules, and then here we are trying our best to do those things, but we're unable to follow very well. And then God is just kind of waiting to punish us for that. And so he found himself just kind of becoming more angry and cynical about the whole thing. So one night, he and his friend were outside just uh, just kind of ch- talking, and and he just began to share, his, just honestly share with his friend his, his frustration about Christianity and all of that. And the conversation eventually turned into Greg shouting at God, expressing his anger and his frustration. It was this raw prayer filled with F-bombs and honest emotion. I mean, he let it all out. After several minutes of this, he he just kind of dared God to speak, and he picked up his Bible, and he threw it on the hood of the truck near where he was standing, and he mockingly just began to read. The first thing he saw wherever that the Bible happened to open to. So he throws the Bible out there. It opens up. He just mockingly reads the first thing. God, speak to me. And he reads the first thing that he that his eyes see. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He paused. And then he read it again and again and again. And then he said to his friend, if this is true, It changes everything, and it did. He suddenly realized the Christian life was not about trying hard to please God, but it was about letting God's acceptance and love transform us. But here's what I want us to realize. It was Greg's brutal honesty, his willingness to run to God with his frustration, that opened the door for God to speak to him right where he was. So look, friends, if your heart is is becoming hardened by frustration, disappointment, cynicism, I urge you to carve out some time soon, maybe even today, and go to Jesus and let it all out. Just be completely honest with him about how you're feeling and what you're thinking, and then let him speak to those places in your heart that will soften the soil and allow his seed to permeate and bear fruit. The second type of soil Jesus describes is the rocky soil. He says in verse 16, others like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. See, in in this soil, some seed initially lands in our hearts and plants begin to spring up. But because the ground is rocky and shallow, the root of that plant doesn't go very deep. And so when trouble or persecution happens, the plant just withers. Notice the problem is not the seed. The problem is the shallowness of the soil. When the soil of our spiritual lives is shallow, our spiritual connection with Jesus is fine. When life is going well, when we're in the middle of an awesome worship service or whatever, but it takes a hit when difficulties happen when things don't go our way, when we lose our job, when our adult child strays from the faith, when a pandemic happens. Jesus is saying that troubles and difficulties like this have a way of exposing our spiritual root system. Is our faith in Jesus resilient enough to handle these storms, or is it fragile, Dependent upon circumstances going our way. <clears throat> so, if you feel like this shallowness accurately describes your spiritual life right now, Jesus gives us a path. He gives us a pathway forward. He says in his parable that the answer to shallowness is rootedness. It is intentionally letting our roots go down deeper in Jesus, in who he is, and in all that he invites us to experience in following him. See, rootedness is not something that happens overnight. It's it's not something that happens in, in one worship service or a conference or whatever. Rootedness is relational, and relationships grow over time. How? By spending time together. Are you regularly spending time with Jesus? See, this is foundational to our growing in our relationship with him, creating space in our schedules to hang out with Jesus, to quiet our hearts before him and listen to his voice, to pray to him and to spend time in his words. It's this consistent relational connection with Jesus that enables our roots to go down deep, I love how the psalmist describes this in Psalm 1. Check out this image. Blessed is the one that that the writer describes. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I love that image. A person who's spending time meditating on the word and delighting in Jesus, that person is like a tree planted by a stream of water. So imagine what's happening to those roots. They are just going down deep, which means that when drought comes, when a windstorm hits, that tree continues to stand and thrive. And the psalmist then contrasts that tree with chaff. that just It's just blowing in the wind. It has no root. So, so it's at the mercy of circumstances. I mean, do you long for a rooted, resilient connection to Jesus? If so, are you spending time with him on a consistent basis? What, what a great um, way to start or restart a consistent, or what a great time to start or restart a consistent devotional rhythm, a quiet time. At the, here we are at the start of a year, just to, to, where you carve out 15 to 20 minutes a day just to be with Jesus to let your roots go deeper into who he is. You know, maybe life has gotten busy. I mean, it's been crazy, right? Christmas season all that. Maybe life has gotten busy and, and your time with him has been squeezed out. Here's the deal, you can change the soil. You can create space in your life for this. No one else is gonna make this happen in your schedule. It is a decision we have to make on our own. Are you you willing to consistently carve out space and time to be with Jesus in the morning or the evening or both? I mean, get it in your calendar. It will obviously mean saying no to something else, maybe going to bed a little earlier, getting up a little earlier, maybe removing or reducing some television viewing or video gaming or internet surfing from your schedule to create space for this. Now, if you're not sure what to do in that space, there's a resource that we've created on our app. It's called How to Spend 20 Minutes with God. I encourage you to check that out if you're looking for ideas on how to do that. There's some other apps that can help in this regard. One's called Lectio 365, um, which has a morning and an evening devotional experience that it leads you through. I know a number of people who are experiencing blessing from the Pause app that John Eldridge, Wild Heart put out. There, there's an app called Abide. There are so many resources to help us grow in rootedness, but the key is our willingness to consistently carve out time in our day and in our souls for this. Our souls need this. Life is not getting any easier. I mean, trouble and persecution are on the rise. We need to be rooted in Jesus like a tree planted by streams of water. What a great opportunity we have right here at the start of this year to intentionally create space in our lives to cultivate a deeper connection to Jesus. All right, the third soil Jesus describes in this parable is a soil that's filled with weeds and thorns. Okay, so in this soil, he says, the seed takes root and it grows up, but the weeds and the thorns that are in the soil end up kind of choking out the plant so that it can't bear fruit. So let's look at how Jesus applies this part of the parable. Verse 18, he says, still others, like seeds sown among the thorns, they hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. I mean, what a powerful and relevant analogy. I mean, this is this is not soil. Notice, this is not soil that, that's hardened, nor is it soil that's shallow. This is soil, this is good soil, where the plants are rooted and they're growing. This is a person who is growing in their relationship with Jesus, but then something happens. Over time, their relationship with Jesus gets crowded out by other things. And not surprisingly, each of the things Jesus mentions is an issue of the heart. This is so important. The way to experience a life of thriving is when Jesus is at the center of our heart when he is our ultimate treasure, when we are seeking him first and joyfully aligning our lives and our hearts with him. It's, it, it's the life of abiding that Jesus described for us in John 15 that we looked at a few weeks ago. See, that's what enables us to thrive and grow and bear fruit, which is great. But Jesus warns us here that there there are some specific things that are continually going after your heart and my heart. These things are continually trying to crowd out our love for Jesus. And what he describes here is like it's written today. It's like, it feels like it's written today. It's incredibly relevant to our lives today in the 21st century. The weeds he mentions are actively at work in our lives, trying to choke out our love for and our passion for Jesus. He mentions three specific weeds that all of us are vulnerable to. First is fear. Jesus calls us the worries of this life. The word worries refers to those things that make us feel anxious, stressed, worried, fearful. Jesus says these things are like thorns. They're like weeds in the garden of our heart. They, they, they begin to choke out our love for him. In other words, fear and love are incompatible. In 1 John four eighteen, he says it so powerfully, there, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. See, the antidote to fear is love, God's love, which means that anytime we feel fear, we are not to beat ourselves up over that. Oh, what's wrong with you? Stop feeling afraid, all that. No, no. Anytime we feel fear, we can run to Jesus with that and we can open our heart afresh to his love, we can stop in that moment and ask him, okay, Jesus, what, what do you want to say to me about this fear? And then we listen to the thoughts and the images that he brings to our mind and heart. Notice what happens when we do that. We're letting Jesus' love cast out our fear rather than letting our fear choke out our love for Jesus. A second specific thorn or weed Jesus mentions is money. He says in verse 19, the deceitfulness of, of wealth. Notice again the heart language Jesus uses. It's not that money in and of itself is bad. No, he says it's that it deceives us. It is continually going after our hearts. Hey, if you just had a little more, then you'd feel secure. So be sure and hold on tightly to what you have. Don't let it go. This is a heart issue. Elsewhere, Jesus says you can't love God and money at the same time. You can't. There is not room in our hearts for the love of God and the love of money at the same time. Okay, so how do we make sure money and possessions are not squeezing out our love for Jesus? Well, Jesus tells us this over and over again in his teaching, it's through generosity. See, generosity enables us to reconnect to our true heart, our true longing, to not hoard things, but to leverage them to help other people. That's the deepest longing of our heart. We wanna make a difference. We wanna make an impact. That's the deepest longing. See, I love the weed-thorn analogy here because it's so accurate. When we set our heart upon money and we start to look to money for our security, it begins to take over our hearts. I heard someone recently say, Stop counting because whatever you count, you begin to count on. If we're focusing on money— to bring us a sense of security. We're placing our trust in the wrong thing, and that squeezes out our love for Jesus. What a powerful challenge Jesus is giving us here as we look ahead to the new year, to not let the weed of greed overtake our hearts, but instead to be intentional about letting generosity grow in our hearts. What if at the start of this year, what if we asked Jesus, hey Jesus, how would you like me to grow in my generosity in 2023, this year? And then we listened and we let him speak. Maybe he would give us a new percentage of our income that he wants us to give him, an increased percentage that he wants us to give to him. Or maybe he will lay on our heart a specific amount for this coming year that he wants us to invest in his kingdom. I guarantee when we listen to Jesus regarding our money, it will choke out the weed of greed in our lives. Greed loses its power to crowd out our love for Jesus when generosity is happening. The third specific weed Jesus mentions is in verse 19. He says this, the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. This word desires, it's a word that literally means strong desire or or literally over-desire. So in other words, it's describing what we call lust. Lust is a desire to have or use something for our own satisfaction. It's the opposite of love. Love is self-giving. Lust is 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 is, is it, 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 love, we're giving of ourselves. Lust is getting for ourselves. This is it's using someone or something for our own satisfaction. And this is again a heart issue. The lust for power, the lust for sexual pleasure. These these over-desires take over our hearts. Things like sexual immorality or pornography, these things will choke out your love for Jesus, your relationship with Jesus. I know, I know this because I've been there. It was awful. These things eat away at our love for Jesus. They dull our sensitivity to Jesus. And here's what I've found. These things are like crabgrass in our lives. You know, dandelions, you can pull a dandelion, Usually you pull root and all, it all comes out pretty easily. Crabgrass, no way, you know? Crabgrass takes like some intentional, focused effort. If you're in a losing battle with porn or with sexual immorality or some other lust, this new year provides a powerful opportunity for you to honestly assess the damage this is causing in your life and to stop hiding and get help We as a church have some amazing resources in this regard. Feel free to reach out to Pastor Bruce or Pastor Cindy or myself and we can connect you with others who have found freedom in Christ in these areas and they're now thriving in their relationship with Jesus. See, that's what Jesus is inviting us to experience in this whole parable. Whatever soil, a soil in which life and thriving and freedom and strength are are found. Look at verse 29. Others like seeds sown on good soil hear the word, they accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, 60, some 100 times what was sown. Man, that's amazing. What an amazing invitation to us as we start this new year. Jesus is saying to you, he's saying to me, you can choose the kind of soil, you can choose the kind of relationship you wanna have with me, Jesus is saying. You can choose to break up any hard, hardened ground by running to Jesus in complete honesty. You can choose to cultivate a resilience and a rootedness in Jesus by consistently carving out time to meet with him and spend with him. You can choose to intentionally address the weeds of worry or greed or lust so that your passion for Jesus is able to grow rather than just watching a circle on a screen go around and around and around, reminding you of a relationship with Jesus that's not what you ultimately desire, you can do something to change that. You can make 2023 a year in which your relationship with Jesus accelerates and grows. All right, let's pray together. I want us to quiet our hearts just for a few moments here. I know there are probably lots of activities planned for today, but those things will wait. Let's just create a quiet space here to be with Jesus. I really feel like these next few moments are incredibly significant in terms of the trajectory of our lives this coming year. These are important things. So as we're quieting our hearts, I want us to think about this question. What is Jesus inviting you to do in response to what you've heard? What longings is he stirring in you regarding your relationship with him? So so let's just take a moment and, and process this with him. So first thing I want you to do, in the quiet of your heart, I just want you to consecrate this upcoming year to the Lord. So in the quiet of your heart, just say, Jesus, I offer this year to you. I consecrate this upcoming year to you, my King and my Lord. This question, and then pay attention to the thoughts that immediately come to your mind. Here's the question Jesus, what intentional next steps are you inviting me to take in my relationship? to whatever is stirring, if it relates to carving out time to be with him, if it relates to something related to fear or greed or lust or places where your heart is hardened, he's inviting you just to open your heart honestly to him. Whatever next step he's laying out in your heart, I just, I encourage you to say, yeah, Jesus, let's do this. Let's do this. And God, I want to just pray I pray for each person who's watching this and the next steps that you're inviting them to take. Would you, would you help all of us just intentionally cultivate soil in our lives that enables the seed of your your truth and your life to more deeply permeate our hearts? So that God, this upcoming year is a year filled with thriving and